help them, please. Sure, I can help. You gotta help me. What? Look, how much am I calling the illegal alien, okay? I want out for good. In order for me to do that, hey, I gotta get married. Hey, these aren't my rules. Come to think of it, I don't have any rules. Come on, come on. Look, you think of it as a marriage or inconvenience, okay? We will get something, I get out. You get to say your hitch most eligible bachelors in Valentino came over or Okay, just help them. Beetlejuice. Welcome, this is Beyond the Hate. I'm Steven. I'm John. And today we're talking about Beetlejuice. I mean, don't say it two more times, man. Beetlejuice. I'm telling you, don't don't fuck around with that, man. Beetlejuice. Are you fucking crazy? We don't need a guy running around here. <laughs> Shout out to Ted, too, in the courtroom scene. Yeah, Ted's so fucking panicking. And he's like, uh, he starts calling Beetlejuice out and... John's like, are you, are you crazy? Are you fucking crazy? We don't need that guy running around here. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, they're all great great movies. So this is Beetlejuice. Um, the studio originally wanted to call the film House Ghost. House Ghost? <laughs> and then Tim Burton is, suggests... wait, is this like the precursor to House Money? <laughs> <laughs> yes. On a Ferris, baby. On a Ferris. Uh... Tim Burton suggested the name Scared Sheetless and was <laughs> yeah. horrified when the studio was actually considered it because <laughs> he was just joking. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Boring, scared Sheetless, huh? And wow. they're like, yeah, we might do that. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, That's a joke I was title. Kidding. That was not real. That's not normal. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Michael Keaton's direction on creating the character was... Um, he lived in every time period, but no time period. Yeah. So he can kind of be sort of like a, a master of anything he needs yeah. to be. So Keaton himself came so up weird. with the, all the wardrobe, wardrobe stuff and everything. They actually won an Oscar for this movie. For uh, best makeup. For makeup. Oh, well, yeah. Because you almost don't even recognize Michael Keaton when he's in his full Beetlejuice costume, yeah. No, nah, because he wears like these big teeth too. Mm-hmm. They wanted his teeth to be kind of like, uh, like messed up. Yeah. So I always thought that was kind of funny too, because he said that uh, when they when he went into the makeup department, they were like, "What? Well, what do you want him to look like?" And he was like, "Well, he's like, I want him to look like he had stuck his finger in a light socket, and like his hair is all crazy." Yeah. And then uh, he was like, you know, he's like Tim Burton said, like, well, he he kind of like lives on. He's like the type of dude that would like live under rocks. He's kind of like an underground dude. And he's like, well, he's like, well, then put like moss like on my neck 
and like my chin and everything where like it looks like I'm covered in moss. Yeah. You know? And it's like, cause I always wondered what the hell that green shit was supposed to be on his face. And it's like, well, it does look like moss. So that, that makes a lot of sense. It does make sense. Cause he's like in the ground when they first find him, he's like buried in that, that like coffin, you know? But I just, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. And then like Michael Keaton, he's like, he didn't really know what the hell to do with the character. He just started coming up with shit and just whatever's on the, on his head. Yeah. Like his, the way that he talks, the way he yells and everything, that's just totally Keaton and his performance. Yeah, and Keaton ad-libbed most of these lines. Like, that was just him, like, ad-libbing. Just, it's like, just let, just let Michael do his thing. Let him yeah. go. Because <laughs> they were originally going to make a second one called Beetlejuice Goes to Hawaii. A Beetle, yeah, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, yep. Yeah, and then um, all that fell through. And then Tim Burton got tired of waiting, and then he went to direct Batman. Took Michael Keaton with him. <laughs> ah. Yeah. So, that's pretty awesome. That is pretty cool. Oh, they're, they're still talking about, like, Winona Ryder, and I think Catherine O'Hara has said that she'd be down to come back and play Delia again. Winona Ryder said she would be okay playing Lydia. Michael Keaton's like, I will definitely be Beetlejuice again. If you guys can give us something like a script, then... Yeah. This is his favorite character to play. I mean, so, and, you know, Keaton still looks great. Yeah. And he wears so much makeup anyway, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, the, you, he probably would, yeah, you could probably make him look exactly like they did in 88, which is kind of funny because this is the 30th anniversary of Beetlejuice. Yeah, and that, I didn't know that when I picked this one, so. I just thought, I just thought it was kind of funny because this came out in 88 and. You know, we're in 2018, and it's like, yeah, it has been 30 years. Like, this movie is almost as old as us. <laughs> this shit's crazy. Yeah, I know. You know, it's like we were four when this movie came out, man. It's just crazy to think, you know. And, I mean, and when Winona Ryder wow. is only, like, 46, and she still looks damn good, even though it's, like, 30 years later yeah. after she made this, you know. <laughs> she could pull off, like, a kind of an older, you know, grown version of Lydia. That would make sense, you know. But, uh, you know, I think is, especially with something like Beetlejuice, this is like one of those movies that it's, it's really fucking weird. But when you know that it's a Tim Burton movie, it's like, you, you kind of know what you're getting into, but he had only directed what one movie before this. Was it the Pee Wee Herman movie? Yeah. Yeah. That was the only thing he had directed like before this. And then they, then he gets Beetlejuice and it's like, this movie is exactly what you would expect out of a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. This This is what defies Tim Burton. Like this, this type of stuff. Yeah, you know, because then you know Edward Scissorhands, um, Nightmare Before Christmas, Nightmare Before Christmas, which is a classic. Like, you know? uh, what was it, Frankenweenie? <laughs> yeah, he did Frankenweenie, and um, which he actually got to do a big budget version of it because his original version was like, it was like a student project, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was a short film. It was a short film, yeah. Um, and then yeah. he got to do a big budget version of it. So Tim Burton's did a lot of, and then didn't he do the Sweeney Todd movie? Sweeney Todd, yeah, um, yeah, he did a bunch of great stuff. Uh, uh, that the Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course you know Batman and Batman Returns. Still one of the greatest Bat Batman. Of Batman. all time, Batman's. How do you say that? And a lot of people, you know, whenever they talk about those. Uh, Batman. Batman. Uh, they're like, well, Keaton really didn't fit Batman. It's like maybe not as much of as an appearance. So he's not this huge muscular type guy. 
but really he did because you're coming off like Adam West type Batmans and stuff like campy type stuff. And Keaton was the first one to take Batman to something else. Yeah. And then everybody a little else, bit darker. And- yeah. And everybody else kind of inspired upon that. So in a lot of ways he is the best Batman because there wouldn't be these other Batmans without him. Mm-hmm. So. And that's, yeah. Cause I mean, you know, especially, and we, we, who knows, we might eventually get into, you know, Burton's Batman at some point, you know, if we're doing like another, uh, you know, comic book DC type movie, then this could be, you know, that Batman could be one of them. But before he could even really do that, he had to, Beetlejuice had to kind of become a hit and it definitely was. I mean, even to this day, it's still like one of the greatest, like kind of like scary comedies i guess if you want to put it that way like horror comedy i don't know what the hell would you describe this movie because it's a little bit of everything yeah it's uh beetlejuice it's just yeah it's just <laughs> it's the ghost with the most baby <laughs> but uh oh speaking of dead guys uh the beer we are drinking today is uh rogue brewing company's uh dead guy ale it's very good um and it's uh what, what did i say it was a 6.8 percent alcohol it is some good alcohol. Rogue is one of those companies that we love. Yeah. We talked about another beer that was on here, which was the their hazelnut one. Hazelnut brown nectar. Which yeah, brown nectar. Which AJ's is, apparently addicted to yes. now. We've created a monster, so, you know. Yes. Sorry for anybody who's in AJ's warpath when he needs hazelnut brown nectar. But that was a badass beer. And this he is a good beer, too. You. What do you. What do you give the uh, dead guy ale? I'm giving it a three out of three stars. A three? I don't know. I'm kind of torn between two and a half and three because sometimes when I drink it, it tastes like a three, and then other times it tastes too bitter. It's weird. So I don't know if, like, maybe my... Your taste buds fucked up. Like, my taste buds might be fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I can feel anything anymore. (laughs) So I guess what it is is that, like, sometimes when it's cold, it's a three, and then sometimes when it gets warmer, it's a two and a half. Well, it's definitely a beer that must be drinking drink cold so i guess chug it <laughs> but uh but yeah it's good though it's definitely good and i figured you know it, it'd be fitting to have a dead guy ale when we're doing a movie about a you know a bunch of dead people so because this is this is the uh, the halloween the the kickoff of the halloween episodes yes we have we're to doing start a, with beetlejuice we're, we're doing a four pack of your favorite delights from horror movies and well, no, really none of them are horror movies that we're going to be doing. Uh, not really. You, you want to know the other people that were considered for Lydia for, Oh, for Lydia oh. auditioned and wanted it or whatever. Juliet Lewis was one that, well, yeah, I, I could maybe see that. Juliet Lewis is a good actress. Lori Laughlin. Lori Laughlin from, uh, Wait, from um, your fucking uh, Full House, right? Full House, yeah. Uh, nah, I don't know about that. That's probably too weird. Diane Lane. Diane Lane. I mean, Diane Lane could do it, but I don't know if she could pull off the goth girl thing. Like Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, maybe. I could kind of see that. Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields? No, nah, I don't see that at all. Justine Bateman. Um, Jason's sister. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. I don't Molly see Molly Ringwall. Molly Ringwald, she, she could. She probably it. could do. That'd probably be the only other one I could um, say besides Winona. Jennifer Conley. 
Now, Jennifer Connelly, because she, she already had the look and everything. She turned down the role. Uh, she was actually off for the role, and she turned it down. Jennifer Connelly, she would actually have been, I think, a good Lydia. Yeah. Uh, and then, but it came down to two people, which was Alyssa Milano and Winona Ryder. Alyssa Milano would be good too, because <laughs> she was right about the right age for that, because that was like not too long after she had done Commando with uh, Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. That's so right. that's late eighties. Yeah, Alyssa Milano was like a teenager at the same time Winona was. So that would be definitely interesting. Yeah, so Tim Burton decided in this movie to lower the um, uh, the visual effects budget to only $1 million because he wanted to look like a B-movie, like it was tacky. He did it on purpose. Oh, okay, because that, that does come up in the comments. Well, I guess I already answered one of those questions. <laughs> did it on purpose you want you want me to you want me to go over like some of the let's go to that one since okay that's already came up yeah that's a good that's a good segue into it yeah segue that's uh that's a term not many of you would know maybe (laughs) necessarily it's uh you know because we're we're big shot you know people we're big shot we're big shots you know we 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 we, we get the big dick swinging yeah so so you know we're gonna be dropping you know technical terms on you like segues (laughs) <laughs> Keep the dictionary nearby. Right. <laughs> Just about to get intelligenter. Intelligenter, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um <laughs> But anyway. So um since we're talking about like the special effects and that kind of stuff, there was a lot of people that didn't like the way that well, for one, how the dead people looked in this movie, like the like when you're in the dead realm, the, the, the nether realm. And they, they definitely didn't like the special effects stuff with Beetlejuice, but so I'll, I'll go ahead and go into it. So the afterlife premise was unique. Sure. But I thought it was just executed in the wrong way. Tim Burton adds in a little comic effect, which in my opinion, wasn't funny at all. And the film is straight up gimmicky. It relies on special effects, not funny jokes and a bizarre atmosphere that you don't even want to be in. The entire concept of the dark candy land only added to the level of uh, complete and utter stupidity. In the first 20 minutes, I was thinking I was in for a fun time, but soon it began to take a horrible turn. By the time you started to see the the dead world contrasted with Tim Burton's uh, actual reality, it struggled uh, uh, or it, it lost its charm. Sorry. Tim Burton's world of the living looked exactly, if not more extreme than the dead world. I will say I also struggled with some of the weird decisions about how the world of the dead looks and the stop motion did not blend well with the live action, but these are minor quibbles. I would have over, uh, these are minor quibbles. I would have overlooked if the film had just stuck to its original premise instead and not decided that it was more important to create Beetlejuice. I might have liked this movie more. As soon as it becomes apparent the film has nowhere to go, it hurls special effects and obnoxious characters at us until we're too dizzy to realize how stupid it is. <laughs> well, like I just said, there's uh, basically no no special effects budget at all. So, well, didn't he? I, I think he said that he what he did made like the Beetlejuice snake and stuff like that, like kind of campy on purpose because it's supposed to look like the, like the well, Ray Harryhausen. Well, that was shot before Michael Keaton was even casted. 
Oh, really? And they had to go in and d- digitally add like something that looked like his face into it. Oh. They already shot that before he was even cast it. Because they had to stop motion all that shit ahead of time. Yeah, because how Tim Burton usually works in most of his movies, he actually shoots most of the movie before he even cast. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, so he'll have half the movie made before actors even get on set. Well, yeah. You know, because a lot of his stuff is visual. It's Yeah, it's a lot of animation sometimes, yeah. And you get to see, like... uh, uh, yeah, you get to see, like, uh, if you pay attention, there's some uh, Jack Skelton up in here. Jack um, oh, yeah, because on his hat, when he's uh, trying to finally get rid of the uh, the Dietzes, and he's, like, because um, they did the seance, and they're, they're like, you know, basically draining the energy out of yeah. the Maitlands. And when he first pops up, and he's got, like, the, it's, like, the strength tester things, his arms roll out and yeah. stuff. You can see what looks like Skellington's head on his hat, mm-hmm. and then the little bat wings, which is kind of like a like a you know, hey, you know, Batman, you know, bat wings. Yep. You know, <laughs> I was like, it's pretty cool because when I just popped up, I like freeze framed it, and I was like, is that what I think it is? And then I went on YouTube, and they were like, you know, hidden Easter eggs inside Beetlejuice, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's exactly what that is. It's Skellington's head. Yeah, it is definitely Skellington's head. And then you know, a few years later, he makes the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah probably his masterpiece yeah a lot of people think that that's you know the best movie that he ever made it's was- it's something that he he had a passion about but you know edward scissorhands has to be up there because you know he did have a thing you know uh, um he likes to use you know because you always hear like tim burton's like man he he does movies with johnny depp a lot he's like well he used to do the same thing with keaton and mm-hmm. Lenore Ryder. You know, he, yeah. he has his people. I mean, his first Golden Boy was Keaton because he put yeah. Keaton in like everything he did when he first started. Yeah, but it, you and know. Keaton was like he wouldn't do Beetlejuice too if Tim Burton wasn't the director. You mm-hmm. know, and it's kind of surprising that him and Tim haven't done a lot of movies since that little era. But then it went to Johnny Depp. Yeah, that became he like his... real weird with Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Real weird. Yeah, real weird. <laughs> Got a weird thing to show you. <laughs> We're just going straight to cameo, aren't we? Um, <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to the song "Word Up" by Cameo, Word and then you'll, you'll know what we're talking about. And then listen to the remade version by Corn, which is actually pretty good, <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah, but uh, like when people talk about how like the uh, like the one comment that got me was that the. Uh, the rea- the reality of the real world looked like more crazy than the the dead realm, and I'm no. like, how the fuck does that even make sense? And in a realm where you have like the fucking sandworms, and then you've got like all the dead people that are like in the waiting room, and then you have like the crazy hallways and shit, and all these different things going on, you think that the reality is more weird? Like, I don't understand how they could think that because it's like it. It's just a normal town. Like, where is this supposed to be? This is like, this is, is this like Massachusetts? Connecticut. It's Connecticut. Okay. Um, the, the home of Ken Kniff. Uh, anyway, <laughs> shout out to our Eminem episode. Um, it was actually filmed in uh, East Corn- Corneth, Vermont, though. In Vermont. Okay. But it's supposed to take place in Connecticut. Yes. That's where the, that's where this town's supposed to be. 
But yes, and the Mainlands did own that hardware store. Yeah, he wasn't just stealing out of the shop. Yeah, he he, actually, he's not just walking in there and like taking shit. He you, owned it. It was called Maitland's Hardware. hardware. <laughs> so like, they don't they don't tell you he owns it in the movie. They just you know you they just, just show it to you. But because he has a set of keys and he unlocks the door, and I like how it's, it's funny how like when um like when it it first starts up. This is like part of the the reality, the real world of it right. all, because. Um, they uh, because he's gonna go to the shop. What is it? Is it to get paint or something? I forgot exactly. Like some glue. It was like some stuff like for the model town couple, that he's yeah, working yeah. on. And so she uh, she drives him into town. Um, Barbara bar- drives him into town, and he he like walks up and there's the old man that runs the barber shop. And just starts talking to him. And he just goes in, gets the yeah. stuff. All right, see you later. He's just still talking. And he just kind of like looking. And he was like, uh, hair down to his goddamn shoulders. <laughs> and, like, all this stuff. and he was like, okay, have a good day. And then he just kind of like, well, son of a bitch, I've been talking this whole time. Whole I thought time. he was listening. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but the look on his face is yeah, like, son of a bitch. So good. So I, good. I thought he was listening to me the whole time. But that's... Uh, but then the whole thing happens where uh, they're driving back and like they're in the middle of their vacation, like, and they're, he's just kind of like, you know, they're just kind of like doing like a staycation. It's just them being able to kind of work on shit around their house and just and kind spend of spend time with each other, spend time with like each that. other. And because there's a couple subtle things that happen in this movie that they don't openly explain, like uh, Adam and Barbara, they can't have kids. Yeah, or they haven't been able to have kids yet. I don't yeah. think. I, no, I don't think they could. It's kind of implied that. Yeah, because whenever the realtor woman comes and even mentions, it's like it's she too was big like, "This house is too big for you two, for just the two of you, since y'all don't yeah. have any." And then you just see like uh, Barbara's face or like, whatever, and it looks like she's about to cry. I yeah. think they wanted to have kids, and then maybe she couldn't or he couldn't. Yeah, and um, so yeah, and then um, and that's why they're taking the staycation. Because it's it's kind of like I think just, that I think that was recent. Like they recently found out they couldn't have kids. Yeah, and then they were kind of like let's let's sort of like just spend some time with each other. And that's why they get so attached to Lydia. Yeah, well that, that that'll like, come up yeah. here in a in a in a little bit. But you know you have to explain that because it's implied, but it's not explained. No, because yeah, because you know. But it makes more sense now the attachment that they have to Lydia because it's like a kid to them. Yeah. And it's because uh, our parents suck. <laughs> oh man, yeah, like the the Dietzes are just crazy. But I, I, but it's crazy too because like when you first when you first watching this movie, you're like, okay, this is supposed to be scary, right? But it's like it just seems like just a normal couple. Like I don't know when does all the weird shit happen, and then like it happens pretty quickly because. They veer to try so they don't hit that dog going over the bridge, and then the car goes over into the into the water, and then they die. And then it's like, okay, well, everybody in the dead world uh, looks the way that they died, right? Like uh, in the office. And if you commit suicide, you're a silver servant. Otho even says it in the movie. And then if you notice, that's part everyone book, that's yeah. working there. Either has cut wrist or committed suicide in one way or another. Or they like shot themselves or yeah. something. Yeah. One that, dude, I think, got uh, jumped in front of a bus or something like that. The, the skinny dude. Yeah. The one that was following all the papers or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I like that dude too. <laughs> he was like, "Hey, he was like, how does how do I look in this suit? Do I? I, I feel kind of flat. Yeah. You know. And then they're like, "No, you look good.' <laughs> He's like, I can't remember what he said to respond to it. 
Um, yeah, it's too early. It's like, how do I look in the suit? It's like, yeah, it looks good or whatever. And he's like, really? I feel kind of fat, flat. And he's yeah. like, ha! And yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, because he's he'd been run over by a bus. And he's like, his whole body's flat. He's like making a joke about it. And then there's like there's like a, a crack in the wall, and he just he just kind of like glides through it like a sheet of paper because he's the one that does all the paperwork stuff for the yeah. for the afterlife office. Yeah. Also, like too, how when um. Adam and Barbara first show up to it. Uh, like you see the girl that was the magician's assistant. Mm-hmm. She got cut in half for real because her legs are on next to her. One and then, side and the other. Yeah. And then the other parts are torso. The legs, then, the legs for her like later in the movie when like Michael Keaton or Beetlejuice is like feeling up on feeling her. On him or whatever. That was Tim Burton's at the time girlfriend. Yeah. That's pretty crazy too. Cause it's like, it's like stunt legs. Yeah. Let, let Keaton fill them. She has legs. nice last legs yeah. too, you know. Let, let Keaton fill up on them legs a little bit. It's like it's just, it's just a little bit of a feel, you know. It ain't weird. Don't make it weird. Then she's like, "I'm leaving you for Michael Keaton." Right? It's like, oh yeah. shit, really? I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> and that's uh, well, okay. So, it's, it's, so after they show up in the afterlife and everything, then. Then you see like where they're having to deal with like the like the Dietzes move in, like before they get to the office and they understand all that shit. The Dietzes, like they they sell the house and then all of a sudden it's like the Dietz family moves in and like their whole shit's like all crazy now because they're like fuck we do not want these people here, these people need to fucking get out of our house. This is our house. Even though we're dead, it's like they don't have any right to sell our shit. You know, like they are not happy about this. Right, but. There's a lot of people that uh, whenever they would talk about, like, the main characters of this movie, there's people in here that fucking hate Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin. Like, really. (laughs) Alec Baldwin didn't like his performance in this movie, so he probably wouldn't be back for a sequel. And I, I think he did a good job. I get, maybe he's just more critical of himself. He is, he's but he, but he did a really good job as Adam. You know, like he really do feel like he's that character. You, you know, I was watching just because you mentioned uh, we're talking about Gina Davis, which probably loved her role in this, this movie. She did a good uh, job in this too. Yeah, I was watching the um, what was it Google autocomplete thing? Yeah, and it was Samuel Jackson, and they asked him what was his favorite movie that he did, and he said The Lone Kiss Goodnight. Oh yeah, Gina Davis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you guys never seen that movie, watch it. Uh, yeah, it's definitely good. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny because it predated the Bourne movies, but of course not the books because that was Robert Ludlum and he wrote that shit in like the eighties. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, movie wise, it was first. But uh, but like, if you go into what uh oh just while we're still talking about like the the dead world and the afterlife and everything uh one of the things that they said that uh, tim burton when he was kind of they were coming up with like the set design for a lot of this stuff he kind of based it off of like uh uh, what's it called it's like some kind of like german art style where like the angles are very weirdly skewed and it's a lot of sharp lines, and they use a lot of like stripes and checker patterns and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why uh, Beetlejuice's suit at the end is like a black and white stripe because it's like it's supposed to like reflect like old German art. I forgot well, what that was called. Well, but- Beetlejuice's black and white striped uh, outfits uh, uh, is because he felt like he was a prisoner. Oh, because he is kind of trapped on his in his status. He, in his he's, curse. He, he's, he's yeah. like kind of an all-powerful 
uh, undead person that could, you know, haunt the shit out of houses or basically do whatever he wants to. Yeah. But he has to be called upon. I can't do anything. That's part of his curse because his hands are tied until somebody. He's almost wants like him. a fucking genie. Right, yeah. It, you know, he's like a fucking genie. He's really. like an undead genie, yeah. yeah. He's like an undead genie and he's just trapped. Right. And uh, so the black and white soup's kind of like his prisoner thing. I mean, he enjoys haunting people because he's awesome at it. Yeah, it's really fun for him. But if they ever, you know, like if they make a two and it's super successful and they make a three, it'll probably be something about Beetlejuice trying to, like, actually, you know, get out of it. Yeah. But then they'll probably have to stop him because he's an awful person and he'd just destroy (laughs) the world if he didn't have those rules. Right, yeah, that's why you kind of need to have something to keep him under control. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I just think that like when people look at the way that the dead world looks in this, it's like, that's, it, it's like, it, that's his art style. But when people were saying that, like, they didn't like the way that the, the reality world was too, I was like, that's, I mean, it just, that's just how like that town looks. Yeah. Like, how could you think that that's any weirder? Like that, that's definitely not weirder than the shit that's in the afterlife in this movie. Cause there's some crazy ass shit in this. Like you, you see like, like the shrunken head dude and all these different people, <laughs> like, especially in the waiting room, like all kinds of fucked up shit happened, shit happened to these people. But, uh, one thing that people really didn't like was the two families like at all. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get into that. So, uh, uh, so it starts off with, uh, the characters were all uninteresting and I really didn't care what happened to any of them. There was no character development. The couple that moved into the house were annoying yuppies and the bubbly giddiness at the start of the film followed by their stupidity later stupidity later made the Barbara and Adam couple almost insufferable. Pretty much every character was stupid, especially Adam and Barbara, who couldn't find a way to scare anyone despite the fact that they were ghosts. Their attempts were just pathetic. But I guess that had to be in order to keep the story going. What scare them right and the movie ends furthermore the way characters reacted to situations they were in was illogical to say the least why would the deets couple think being possessed is fun i mean because day Dale. it was fun home. like they were like super excited about that like they're a weird family anyway yeah um because they were thinking like, oh, this is great. This place is haunted. We can make money on this shit. Yeah, they, that's what they were. I mean, and... Um, that's why they thought it was fun because they're like, oh, imagine the kind of money we can make with this. This is fucking fantastic. The whole reason you need Beetlejuice in this movie is because uh, <clears throat> Adam and Barbara couldn't handle the situation themselves. Because yeah. they're not experienced, and Beetlejuice is probably the most experienced. I mean, he's the he's the you know the most renowned bioexorcist. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't bullshitting. He's been doing this shit since like the beginning of time. Right. <laughs> so, but the thing is, like, when people talk about like the the yuppies, the Dietzes, because it's Catherine O'Hara and um, Jeffrey Jones, they're they're two characters. So. Yes. Um, the, the Dietz family, like when they come in, people are like, oh my God, here comes the rich yuppies from New York that, you know, are just like, you know, she has this weird art sensibility cause she's an artist. Delia is an artist and 
you know, all this kind of stuff. And then he's, uh, I forgot what, now he does like real estate or something. Isn't that what he yeah, does? Yeah, like big business real estate. Yeah. And so, you know, he's just kind of like, he's just sort of like a regular dad. He just kind of wants to, when they get into that, into the Maitland's house, what used to be the Maitland's house, um, he just kind of wants to relax. He doesn't really want to. That's why wanna... I was like, just leave this room alone. Yeah. Cause she's like, uh, he just wants to hang out in the country and bird watch. Yeah. That's all and he wants to do. He just kind of wants to have his little office where he can just, just kind of fuck chill, around. Get away from the city. All understandable stuff. Yeah. She wants to kind of bring the city to the country and She's, just kind of destroy everything and make it all goth looking and shit. And make it all look like modernized and Put stuff. Put all of her ugly ass sculptures in there. <laughs> she does have some. I also think it's funny too when they're first moving that shit. And they have that weird fucking claw thing with the tail or whatever the hell that thing it is. It looks like it's and, from Alien. Yeah, it, it almost looks like some shit from like an alien movie or, it, you know, it, it, it looks like a fucking Penhead's butt plug, you know? Gosh, <laughs> damn. From, <laughs> from Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine shoving that up your ass. That would hurt. No, I don't yeah, want to. don't imagine that shit. That would hurt so bad. But like, I think it's funny because they're they're lifting that bullshit to get it up further up into the house, and they have it on the crane. And he just he just goes to the kitchen, and he's he like gets his like tea bags, and he like starts you know like getting his uh you know teapot ready with the water, and all of a sudden that shit crashes through the window. And he's like, Jesus, <laughs> scares this. And I, when I was going back through and watching this, I had totally forgotten about that stuff where like it was like they were breaking part of the house with her sculptures and mm-hmm. shit. And I was like, oh, shit, like, I jumped, too, because I'm like, oh, damn, I totally forgot about this part. That's yeah, so good. Um, but it's like she has all these, like, weird sculptures, and then she's got, like, part of her house where it's like there's just, like, a window, and there's no walls around the shit, and it's outside. And it's like, what the hell are you doing to this house? The house actually looked pretty cool when the Maitlands owned it. And then when Delia comes in, she's just, like, walking around with Otho and like, you know, okay, this wall is going to be mauve colored. And, you know, she's like doing all this stuff with the spray paint. And he was like, okay, well, let's go to this room. And they're like marking out what she wants to do with all the design shit. And then, uh, and then Adam's like, you know, do we lock the uh, attic? And it's like, no, we didn't lock the attic. And so he has to run up real quick and he goes past them and then locks it and stuff. So they can't get in. And it, it's just, it, I think the thing with people that are watching this is, when they see the the Maitlands, when they see Adam and Barbara, they almost feel like they're boring, you know, because they're like, oh, God, who the fuck are these people? Like, they're just and they're just regular ass people. They're, yeah, they're not. I mean, maybe they are boring. I mean, but that's that's not the point. That's not the point of this movie. The point of this movie is that, like, they're trying to figure out how the hell they can get the Dietz family out of their house. Yeah. And they Beetle don't juice is an option. Yeah. They have no clue how to do this because, you know, they tried doing stuff with like sheets and just trying to be like ghosts and like that shit didn't scare them. They didn't even fucking notice them, you know, like they're like literally like doing stuff and like, they don't even like see them or anything. Yeah. Lydia is the only one that can see them. And yeah. then she just chills with them. Yeah. But it's like, for people, I guess, that are that feel like this family is boring, it's like, it's it's not to say that they're boring, it's just that, like, they have a different uh, style than the Dietz family does. So the Maitlands... Almost opposite style. They're almost opposite, because the Maitlands are very down-to-earth, you know? I mean, he, he owns a hardware store, so, you know, they're just kind of like, they just sort of live in the country, they're just normal people, you know, they're not, they don't have a ton of money. 
they just kind of live a normal life. They don't have any kids as we've established that, you know, it's could be that there's some kind of a fertility problem there and maybe she can't have kids or, you know, he has like low sperm count or something and it's him or whatever. But, uh, you know, it, it, but that's like the juxtaposition of the two families because the one family is like, has like money and they have like style and, and they all have that kind a kid stuff. they don't even want and they have a kid that they don't really care about because they just think Lydia is just like oh god like so she's dreadful it's, it's really great because they're like they just don't listen to her and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. you know that's why she's all depressed and suicidal type and everything like that I mean, yeah and it's uh well since we're talking about Lydia we want to go over the Lydia comments mm -hmm. okay <laughs> Segways. That's Segway. what we call it in the profession. In the business. <laughs> in the business, that's what this shit is. Yeah. When we talk about segways, we're not talking about them shit with the wheels that you know the, the mall cops ride oh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Blart. Yeah, Paul Blart. <laughs> 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 I, I don't think people realize that we totally do not script fucking anything on this show. <laughs> no. The only thing that has any kind of form to it is the comments that I read. And he fucks those up most of the time. I fuck them up constantly because I'm trying to read and I have like a microphone in my face and, you know, and, you know, don't read good and all that good shit. So, <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, there's, there's some people that, there was people that liked Lydia and then there was a lot of people that didn't like Lydia, which well, I thought fuck was, those people. yeah, first off, fuck those people, but we'll find out why. So, uh, now there's, the first comment is a totally separate person than the second half. So just understand that when I read it, because it sounds like it, it contradicts itself, but it's two different people. So the first two person dicks. To, to two different assholes. So uh, only Winona Ryder's character was good in this movie. The only redeeming quality of the film was Winona Ryder. Not for her performance, mind you, not her fault. She had little to work with. But only because I think she's stunning. So Isn't she a kid in this movie? Yeah, she's uh, how old is Winona Ryder in this movie? She's like sixteen, seventeen, like in real in life. Eighty-eight, yeah. In eighty-eight, she's like I think she's like sixteen when she made this movie. Is that when was when was Winona Ryder born? It was like seventy-two. I want to say she was born like seventy-two, or was it seventy-one? Because I I did look this up. Seventy-one. Seventy-one. Okay, so I was close. Um, so she's, uh, she's like, what, I think 16 when she makes this and she's like 17 when it comes out and it's released in theater. So she's, you know, like she's high school age, basically when on a writer. Yeah. Is. She's 17 in this movie. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, people are like, well, you know, like she looks cute cause it's Winona Ryder, but it's like her character is kind of terrible. And it's like, you know, I've never, it's like, Winona Ryder's. Uh, is is gorgeous, right? But every time I see her and stuff, I don't think like, oh, she's really hot. I always think, oh, we're about to get something good. It's Winona, right? Yeah, because you think like, more about her performance than her looks, really. Because so what was the one, the Alien Resurrection? Yeah, wasn't yeah? She was in that with uh, she's like, like Ripley's daughter. Yeah, and uh, I remember seeing that, and like, I was like, I think she's the best part of this movie, like. Because the concept of that movie was a little, yeah, crazy, you know. But it was it was pretty good. Had Ron Perlman in it, 
Yeah. Yeah. You get Ron Perlman in anything, he's good. Yeah, Ron Perlman was like in a bunch of stuff back in the day, and I don't think people really realized who Ron Perlman was until he did Hellboy <laughs> and Sons of Anarchy. And then the yeah, Anar- yeah, Sons of Anarchy. He's also the uh, he's the um, newscaster guy in all the Fallout games that announces the nuclear apocalypse when it's happening. He's that, that guy, yeah. And when you is when you play Fallout Four and they're they're talking about like you know bombs dropping and stuff. That's Ron Perlman doing the newscaster voice. He's, I mean, that's just like one of those things that he's just kind of always done that as a side project on the some of the Fallout games. Yeah, he loves he loves the video games, just like Kristen Bell and the Assassin Creeds. Like she she was in all of them, like as a voice. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I remember somebody asked if they did Assassin's Creed movie, would you be in it? She's like, they already did one, and they didn't ask me to be in it. Yeah, and she was like, "I was kind of mad because I'm like, I've been in all the games. You can't put me in the, the movie. movie. Yeah, I'm an actual <laughs> actress, jackasses." <laughs> right. So, uh, so that was the the first comment of somebody who they they liked Winona Ryder in this movie, but they thought like, eh, her performance is like, eh, because they didn't think their story was good for her. But then they were like, but yeah, she's cute, so I, I'll I'll give her a pass. And it's like. Yeah, but she's like she's like a teenager when she made this, so that's kind of creepy. Yeah, and, um, and that's not how you're supposed to be judging like people. This is why we have people like fucking Channing Tatum like making millions of dollars. Yeah, and you know, say what you want about men objectifying women, do the same shit, or Channing Tatum wouldn't have a career. Yeah, take your shirt off, Channing. We want to see yeah. those abs. So I don't want to hear any of that shit. Now this but dude's definitely wanted- a creep. Yeah, because it's like I don't watch. You know, it's it's awesome to see Emma Stone in movies, and everybody knows I like Emma Stone. But I don't watch the Emma Stone movies because I think she's hot. I watch Emma Stone. And you know, there's a there's a million hot redheads that's been in movies, mm-hmm. but she's like super talented, and she shows it in every movie she does. Right. I mean, I always talk about Zoe Saldana, and it's like I do think Zoe Zoe Saldana is hot, but like when I watch movies, I'm not watching them because I'm like, oh, I just want some eye candy. It's yeah. like I actually like her as an actress because like everything she does is good, whether she's Uhura or Gamora or she's Colombiana or whatever she's playing, she's damn good at everything she does. Yeah, you know, but it's like to to say that like you you. Are you watch okay this with whole the, movie for a seventeen-year-old. For a, this dude's like forty. Yeah, probably. Um, because I that comment I got from Rotten Tomatoes. Because when I was doing the research for this, oh yeah, lots of pedos on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it's like pedophile central, right? <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes would be like, fuck that podcast. They always talk shit. Like we don't like Rotten Tomatoes anyway. Like, so Elon come Musk at us, bro. Call that dude a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, just calling like their users pedophiles. But what do you think this is? This is fucking pedophilia. Yeah, yeah pretty much. I mean, she she's 17 in this movie. And, and, you know, I mean, there's other movies to watch Wino in that right. she's actually older. Where she's of age. And it wouldn't <laughs> you wouldn't feel like a perv. Because I can honestly tell you 100%. That, that was not even a single thought. When I watched Beetlejuice, it was like, oh, man, Winona Ryder's on. Winona Ryder's pretty smoking, though. Because when I watch it. I'm thinking she's a kid because I think she's supposed to be younger than 17 in the movie. Yeah, in real life, she, she was like 16, 17 when she made it. I think she's it. supposed to be like 14 or something in the movie. Yeah, she in the movie, I think she's because they show her in like basically middle school 
at the yeah. end, at the very, very end of the movie when she's like going to school in town. Yeah. She's like in basically like a middle school uniform. Yeah. So that's weird. So she's like, you know, kind of middle teens and she's not quite high school age yet. So you're talking about she's stunning and it's like, dude, you know, you would fucking go to jail for that. You that know, is, Ka- uh, Kathleen O'Hara is in this movie. She She's pretty gorgeous. She's Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gina Davis. I know some people have differing opinions on her, but I think she's beautiful. Yeah. I always liked, I always thought Gina Davis looked good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so there's other people in this movie that's grown. Uh, speaking of Barbara, Christy Alley was actually the first choice to play Barbara, to play not Barbara? Gina Davis. Um, That'd be interesting. But the producers of Cheers wouldn't let her do it. We're like, fuck that. They're like, no, nah, she's not leaving Cheers. Because when she comes into Cheers, she's like one of the main characters. Yeah. Like, you know. Like immediately. Oh, and then, so so let's continue about Lydia and get to the other comment, right? So it says, uh, Lydia Dietz, the only other character I really remember from the cartoon series, was just shit. They literally put that. She was just shit. <laughs> I'm sure it, I'd be less negative if I knew the movie's Lydia before the animated uh, series one. But this woman was still less impressive than the internet made me believe. Movie Lydia is this goth girl with the blandest face in goth history and horrible bangs who drowns herself in self-pity till she contemplates about killing herself so she can hang out in the netherworld, a place she knows zero about. And all this inspired by her new, boring, dead acquaintances haunting her house. I don't remember the movie ever explaining in detail why she's sad or why her or what her childhood was like. So her character was just stupid to me. Pathetic almost. While she's supposed to be a goth, for some reason she's very attracted to the rosy-cheeked Hallmark card couple, the Maitlands, uh, who even become her godparents at the end of the movie. Uh, levitating her into the air while she's dancing to some conga tunes. You know, the genre of music people like Lydia usually enjoy. Calypso, baby. Uh, <laughs> it feels like she's only attracted to this couple because they are dead, because surely their uh, their nice personality and, and semi-interest <clears throat> in her can't be the factor that swooned her over, as I remember her own father being just as nice to her, but getting no response. Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> so dig into that, Steve. Listen here moron right uh they make it pretty obvious why she's all depressed and hates her life because her parents are horrible now her dad might talk nice to her but he doesn't pay her any attention he just wants everybody to leave him alone yeah her mom is like a monster she's like the worst fucking person ever right only cares about herself yeah but she's stepmom She's stepmom. Well, you know, yeah. And yeah, her mom's dead. Her mom is actually dead. It's not, it's not specifically said. Like, that's another one of those things that, like... No, her mom's you, definitely dead. Yeah, well, because it's like, uh, she... They, they, I can't remember. It's like, I think Barbara says something about about her mom, and she was, like, stepmom. Like, she's like, that's not my actual mom. And so that could probably be one of the reasons why she's depressed, you know, yeah. to a degree, is because her actual mom is dead. And her new stepmom is just this, like, weird fucking just, like, obsessed monster. <laughs> yeah, if you think that dad is a good dad, then that must be what type of dad he is. Like, because that's like... Yeah, it's just, like, no, man, he was a me good alone. Dad. I want to relax. Yeah, he was like, he, he was nice to her. It's like, he spoke nicely to her, 
he didn't yell at her or anything. Yeah. But he also didn't do anything with her. Like, no. He, he didn't want her around. He didn't really care about her. And her stepmom didn't want her around either. So she was just like. She's a loner. She's, she's alone in a new town. Yeah. And has no friends. New school. Because she even, like, even when she's writing, like, what's supposed to be her suicide note, she was like, I am, she, I am utterly alone. alone. Yeah. She is. Just pay attention. And that's the thing. People don't pay Tim, attention to these movies worth the shit. <laughs> Tim Burton doesn't sit there and explain shit to you in any of his movies. It's really, it's context. Yeah, just look. Look at it. If you want to pay attention to the movie, pay attention to it. I mean, the only time anything's, like, even slightly explained in any Tim Burton movie is... uh Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, mm-hmm. and that's deceitful. Yeah, you know? well, because that's like kind of that's just because that was Roald Dahl, wasn't it? That wrote Charlie and the Charlie Chocolate and Chocolate Factory. Factory. Yeah. Wasn't that Roald Dahl? Yeah. So I mean, that's just his writing style, you know. Yeah. And there, there, it's it's basically a, a, a Tim Burton's take on Roald Dahl's. Because a lot of people like um, uh, Gene Wilder's Blanca, and you know. Oh, he was fucking great as Wonka. Yeah, he was great, and I love Johnny Depp's Wonka. Yeah. There's two different Wonkas, though. Like, Johnny Depp seemed like he would be very murderous. Like, he was actually enjoying these kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he yeah. was even, like, kind of laughing. Uh, and then he's just like, no. Yeah. But uh, it's like, and that's the thing, like, when they say that, uh, you know, like, why is it that Lydia's, like, really really wants to have the Maitlands like possess her to do the you know the the conga calypso routine at the end you know uh which what was the the one that they do uh when they possess the family at the dinner table that's the deo the banana boat song yeah the one at the end is the um uh uh down on the line isn't that what it's called I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's called Down on the Line. It's another uh, Harry, Harry, Harry Belafonte song, if I'm saying that right. He was like a like a Calypso artist back in the day. Wasn't it, isn't it Harry Belafonte? Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I think what it is is that, like, when they first possess the family, when they first possess the, the Dietz's, and the guy who's like, you know, coming to the party to see if it's if the house is truly haunted and all that kind of stuff. When the Maitlands first possess them and take them over and like the Delia starts doing the day, you know, and she's like, doesn't understand what's going on with her body. You look at Lydia during that scene and she's like, this is fucking awesome. Like her eyes light up and she's like, oh, my God, like they're possessing them. This is great. She thinks that's fun because she yeah. was like, "Oh my god, I know you could do that. You can like just possess people and make them do crazy shit." She's like, "This is cool. I want to do that too," because she doesn't really understand like this world, but she knows that's cool to yeah. her. And so, like when she comes at the very, very end of the movie, and we're kind of jumping all around here, but the very end when she comes back with her uh, report card and like she's she's like, she gets it just barely. It's like okay, well, I guess we can go ahead and do it. And then they possess her, and then she does the song and all that kind of stuff. It's like that's what she's wanted. She wanted the Maitlands to possess her because she thought it was fun. Yeah. It's not necessarily that she is doing it because, like, oh, well, it's like why would the hell would, like, a little goth girl care about Calypso music from Jamaica and shit? 
It's the music's not really part of it. What the main part of it is that she wants to be possessed because she thinks it's fun. You know. And it was nineteen eighty eight. There wasn't really goth music yet. Yeah, I mean, like, what was the fuck was she gonna like have the, have them play like the Cure? The Maitlands don't listen to that shit. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck that is. Yeah, they'd be like, "I want you, I want you to like possess me to a nine inch nails song," and they'd be like, "What the fuck is nine inch nails?" <laughs> That's not out yet. You're right. Because <laughs> uh, no, I thought nine inch nails was out like around eighty eight, wasn't it? Eighty eight. Yeah, like pretty hate machine, wasn't that nineteen eighty eight? Fuck, I don't know. I, we don't. We're not Nine Inch Nails fans like that, so we don't know. I don't care that much. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like this motherfucker knows Trent Reznor's birthday. Don't bullshit you. <laughs> don't birth- bullshit the people, Steve. You know everything about Trent Reznor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, to me, it was just like it's kind of crazy how, you know, people automatically think that they know how, like what a goth kid is going to be into. It's like goth can be all kinds of different, like, you know, shades and, and colors because I mean, just because you wear black and you're kind of mopey, it doesn't automatically make you a goth person. Maybe you just like to wear black and, you know, maybe you are a little emotional, but it's like, because what's the difference between like a goth and emo? Do you know what that is? Uh, if you looked at somebody, you look at a picture of somebody, and somebody's like, they're emo, would you be like, no, they're goth? Would you be able to tell the difference between a goth and an emo? Yeah, I think so. What do you think the difference is? Uh, just by appearance, I think uh, their hair has a lot to do with it. They wear different hair. Like, the emos always have the covering their face type thing. They're always more shameful. Goth people are more stylistic stylistic and they're they're not really goth people really aren't depressed they just like to wear black emos are kind of like the depressed generation because they're they're, because they're emotional that's where emo comes from yeah so yeah goth is just kind of like a style and emo is like a personality yeah so but it's like but to say that like you automatically understand lydia like lydia's supposed to be a goth so we're just going to immediately put her in this box well she'd be more of an emo yeah, she'd probably be more of an emo. She just kind of yeah. dresses like a goth because she wears like the black and she has yeah. black hair. And emos didn't exist then, but she was basically like the first emo. She's yeah. So Lydia basically is the yeah. prototype emo. Yeah, like the emo was based off Lydia from Beetlejuice. Right. Yeah. And then you know Wednesday Adams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because she probably would be too. Yeah. So, but. Uh, We'll take, a, we'll take a little bit of a break here, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about what this movie is really about, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. So this, don't don't say it again, man. We don't need that <laughs> motherfucker running around here, man. Like, Steve just moved. He's got his, he has most of his shit's in good shape in here now. <laughs> if you fucking summon him, I'm not going to say his name, but if you summon him, he's going to fuck your whole house up, man. All right, one more time. Voldemort. Oh. oh, okay. No, that's he who shall not be named. <laughs> but anyway.
Work all night and I drink a rum. We like come and we want to go home. Stop banana, give money come. Sorry, for a second there, we were possessed by uh, the spirit of Calypso. <laughs> the spirit of Calypso. <laughs> Adam and Barbara. Uh, <laughs> that is like, when that shit happens in the, in the, uh, at the dinner party... And then at the end, like, the fucking shrimps grab their faces and, like, throw them back and shit. Like, that whole sequence is fucking great. Because it's like, Adam and Barbara probably could be pretty good at this shit if they kept to it. Yes. But it's like, because that was a really good, that was a really good idea. It's like, well, why don't we just possess them? And then we'll have them fucking do this to, like, Adam's old Calypso music. And it's like, it's a genius idea. It just ultimately... It's like they don't have as much experience as Beetlejuice does, you know. But uh, <clears throat> uh, because we did this in the other episode, so um, I was just going to say, do you know who the Oscar winner in this film is? The Oscar winner? Yes. Um, uh, it would would it be the makeup artist? No, no, I'm talking about out of the actors and actresses. Oh. Like overall, yes. Um, but they did win an Oscar for makeup. Uh, they did. They didn't win an Oscar for this movie, but they won an Oscar in their career. In their career, and then there's three, yeah, um, four that was nominated for an Oscar but didn't win. I I don't think it's Keaton, Catherine O'Hara. No, really. Um, Winona. No. Shit, I don't know. Gina Davis. Gina Davis. Oh. Gina Davis won an Oscar uh, for The Accidental Tourist in 1989. Oh, that was right after this, then. Yeah, she was nominated for Thelma and Louise. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that was But Michael too. Keaton, Alec Baldwin, one other writer, and Sylvia Sidney all were nominated for Oscars. Ah. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But speaking of Michael Keaton, let's talk about Beetlejuice. <laughs> so it's showtime. Yeah, <laughs> um, it definitely is showtime now. So the the characters were one dimensional, and the character of Beetlejuice wasn't crazy, funny, or unique. It came off as rude, stupid, and annoying. The way the film is based off of his character, especially how he shows up halfway through the film, makes it bad alone. This film was uh, was riveting. It surely hit me as a cleverly written film, but execution matters. And yes, style over substance is, is all here. That's a bad thing. Now, on Rotten Tomatoes, it says, Creepy, funny, fun for the whole family. Definitively found uh, Beetlejuice screaming, Nice fucking model! While honking his crotch and kicking over a tree quite creepily uh, was, was what's fun for the whole family, yes. His trip to that whorehouse was also funny and family-friendly as well. How did this get a PG rating? Beetlejuice inexplicably seemed like an afterthought, which is probably a good thing since he was more annoying than anything else. I don't dislike Michael Keaton, but his part annoyed me so badly that I could barely keep from throwing the remote through the TV screen. 
His ramblings throughout the film sounded like nothing more than a busted chainsaw. I was surprised to see all the pointless sexual gestures and jokes coming from this from his Beetlejuice, but was even more surprised to see how he only had a few minutes of screen time in the movie that has its uh, focus on this extremely boring dead couple. I literally found myself getting more angry as the movie progressed. While it's true that Keaton successfully lends him a crazy one-of-a-kind personality, his entire presence in the movie was an annoyance and didn't do anything to move the primary plot forward. The story already had a point of conflict created by the Dietz family wanting to stay and create an amusement park out of the haunted house in the town, but then the entire film veers off the rails because we have this insane bio-exorcist who really just uh, wants to marry an underage girl? Question marks. I could not comprehend why this even existed in the story. Then, when they managed to say his name three times, suddenly everything is fixed and now we all can live in harmony in one home. Wait, what happened to the original plot uh, or, or point of conflict? To say I was baffled is putting it mildly. Okay. <laughs> so first, a millennial wrote this. Probably watched it, I don't know, two months ago. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Some of these comments from were from like 2014 and 12 yeah. and stuff. Yeah. There was some comments from like 2006 and like some stuff further back. They, they mentioned the yeah family-friendly movie and the whorehouse, which is subtle. Right. Um, that was a distraction so that Beetlejuice would, would, like, would start like leaving him alone. Yeah, nice fucking model. Yeah. You know, that's a... Um, nice fucking model. That, always, that part always makes me laugh, though, because he, he kicks over the tree that's part of Adam's model. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching that when I was a kid and it never really, you know... It's one F word. It's one F word in the whole movie. And back in the 80s and 90s, you know, um, it used to be up to the parents to censor their kids, not not the government. Yeah. And the, back in those days, the PG rating, <sighs> what, you didn't automatically get an R rating with the word fuck back in those days. No, I mean, you couldn't say it like, you know, a Tarantino film couldn't get a PG rating. I mean, Scarface couldn't have been PG because hell no. No, it's but rated R... <laughs> It's rated R, 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 R. Right. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I I think when people are like, um, uh, like, they don't like his dialogue delivery, and it's because Beetlejuice is pretty insane, and the way Michael Keaton portrays him is that, like, his his mind, especially because he probably has long droughts of time where he doesn't do shit. He has nobody that he can, nobody summoned him. And like like you were talking about, he's cursed. And so he basically is at the beck and call of people that need his help. Yeah. But if nobody needs his help for a long time, he's basically just kind of stuck in between like the nether world and like the real world, trying to get real people to like use him. So he has some shit to do. So he's kind of has like this almost it's like coffin fever. <laughs> so like fever. a villain. Yeah, he's like just he's just biding his time but he's, you know, it's like until he gets summoned to do something it, a lot of that time probably does make him go a little insane. That's why his personality is so crazy. It's like when he when Barbara and Adam first summon him and they're they get summoned into the model themselves into his like his town model Beetlejuice is like, oh fuck! He was like, he just he just kisses Barbara like immediately, 
And he was like, what do you think, man? Do I got a chance with her? Like, you know, has you seen anybody? Or he, he, yeah, he's <laughs> like, that's, like, that's my wife, man. <laughs> um, uh, but that's the thing. And also there's that point where I can't remember exactly what Adam says, but he's like, you know, he's like, well, you know, you know, what are your, what are your qualifications? Can you help us? And he was like, well, he's like, I studied at Juilliard and yeah. <laughs> like all that kind of stuff. And he was so like, funny. he was like, you know, seeing the exorcist like over 300 times and it gets funnier every time I say it, you know? And he's like, not to mention that you're talking to a dead guy, <laughs> you know, exactly. like that's just part of Keaton's genius is just like how he makes Beetlejuice just insane as he can talk normal, but like his, He's been waiting to kind of have an opportunity like this for a long, long time. And so he's like just really excited that somebody finally needs him because now he's not, he actually can do some stuff now and he can use his talents, which is scaring the shit out of humans, you know, alive humans at that. But it's, you know, I think that the Beetlejuice character, like he, he is a pervert. I mean, he even tries to look up Barbara's skirt too. You know, and then she's like, hey, and then he like has to put the stick down, <laughs> you know, and it's like because like when you were doing the research and stuff like he was supposed to have been like basically a rapist, right? Yeah, he was supposed to be like a demon and a rapist and all all kinds of crazy shit. Who was it that he was he was supposed to have raped in the original script? Lydia. It was Lydia? Yeah, oh, was God, Lydia. that's even worse. So they basically changed that from like. Him. Well, the person that wrote the original script, when Tim Burton actually got hired home to direct the movie, the the original script writer, the person that wrote the original story, got fired, and Tim Burton brought his own person in to write it. Because that was just going to be too much. Yeah, because he was like, I don't think we're doing this movie, but, you know, in the 80s and 90s, the, the, the classic horror movies were, were kind of coming out, and they're like, we can, get, we can get dark and stuff like that, and then Tim Burton's kind of like, I don't know, I kind of see this as more of a campy type comedy, mm-hmm. like movie, and they let him do... Kind of like a dark comedy. Yeah. <clears throat> they let him do what he do. And then, well, the other thing, too, is that, like, instead of him, you know, in the original script is, like, he was supposed to have raped Lydia. So they, they were like, well, we're not going to go anything that extreme because that's just going to be way too much. So it's like, well, why don't we have it where in order for him to get out of his situation, right, he has to get married to a, 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 an alive person. And so he thinks, like, oh, well, maybe, you know, I'll... Uh, I'll see if I can marry Lydia because that might be one of my ways out because she's not married to anybody. Maybe I can marry her and she'll be my ticket out of here. I won't be stuck in this damn curse anymore. I don't think Beetlejuice thinks about age. No. Because he's ageless. Yeah, he's he's existed for so long. He probably doesn't even know what that is. Right. Yeah, it's probably like you do realize that she's like a 14-year-old girl. He's probably like, I don't give a shit, man. (laughs) Like, What what does that mean? I want to get the fuck out of here. He has no rules. He tells her. I yeah. have no rules. Yeah. You know, and it's... He's a bad guy. He's yeah. a bad guy. Yeah, he is. He just happens to be very talented at what he does, but he's not like a he's not like a good... Take a good night person. to the bad guy. Right. Yeah, he's like he's like dead Scarface. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine That's, if Scarface well, died. Scarface and, is dead. Yeah. So, I wonder if, like, maybe so Scarface dies and then he, he becomes Beetlejuice? Is that what happens? No, that's not what happens. Oh, fuck. Okay. I had a whole fan theory I was writing. No, that, that can't happen. <laughs> Beetlejuice isn't Cuban. 
That's true. Well, I mean, you know, maybe. But neither is Al Pacino. So. Yeah, he's Italian, so <laughs> he's not Cuban either. But you don't see Latinos being like, man, fuck Al Pacino. He can't be Hispanic. Yeah, you can't play a Cuban Al Pacino. Right. It's like, what? What? What the fuck did what you the, just say to me? What the fuck did you just say to me? Because <laughs> apparently you have to be the exact thing every time now. So by the token, <sighs> by the way that millennials judge everything now, in order for somebody to play Beetlejuice, they would have to be a dead person. They'd have to be exactly what this is. Like, this is disrespectful like, to dead people. It's like Keaton hasn't lived underground for like a billion years. Right. <laughs> we need a guy. You're taking jobs away from that guy. That's been living underground for like a billion years and possessing people full reels. Yeah. It's like, that's not You're real. You're taking jobs away from like very good dead people. It's yeah. like, no, it's, it's called acting. It's a thing that actors do. I'm starting <laughs> to think Clint Eastwood's undead. <laughs> Jesus. I wonder if Clint Eastwood might be a lizard person. Jesus. He, he's got to be something. Either that I watched or the he preview has... for that new movie he's doing, The Mule, with like Bradley Cooper and everything like that. Dude's still like acting his ass off as... And he's Jesus. like in his 80s like or something now. He's he? 90 or some shit. Is now. he in his 90s? Shit, I didn't realize. He's very close. I mean, and he just looks amazing still. Like, when did Gran Torino come out? Like 10 years ago? Yeah. Still like, looks like that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, I wonder if he has the same, he found the same serum that Johnny Depp did. <laughs> or, uh, and they're just like, Keanu Reeves. And Keanu, but yeah. Keanu's just immortal. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> he still does his own stunts in John Wick, and he's like 54 years old, and it's like, what the fuck? How can yeah, do and that? it's like Johnny Depp doesn't really, like, he's aged really at all yeah. in the past, like, 20 yeah, years. Yeah, always controversy, like, people's like, we didn't want Johnny Depp in the Fantastic Beast, and then, oh, how how can you have uh, Nagani, the, the uh, Voldemort's loyal snake, be a... Uh, Korean girl or whatever. That's racist. A white man owning a slave is like Voldemort's evil. Right. Well, you want evil people to have like good intentions now? It doesn't make any sense. No. Uh, the, yeah. He's supposed to be. You're supposed to hate his decisions. He's killing people. Right. So I think him taking a Korean girl that can turn into a snake as a slave isn't the, the biggest problem he had when he was murdering kids and shit. Right. <laughs> I just sometimes this sometimes this uh, justice warrior shit just goes too far. It makes me sick. It does. I mean, it's like, look, fight for a good cause, but not every fucking little thing. Yeah. It's a movie. Don't watch it. Yeah. If you don't <laughs> if you don't like the casting decisions, don't watch the shit. Don't sabotage it. Give people chances. Now what you were saying was, oh, well, she should have been casted to be white. And then you would have just actually like. But then there's no opportunity be, for the Asian girl. Yeah, who actually they were got actually the trying to be diverse, probably, and be like, "Well, let's you know, let's this make girl this hadn't an had Asian a really good audition, and, so yeah, let's use her. Let's use her." And they're like, "Oh, well, oh, that's not accurate to white. J.K. Rowling's novels. This no, is J.K. Bullshit. Rowling's is the one that wrote her as an Asian. Oh, really? Is that what? And it then was? they're like, "Oh, well, an Asian's like Voldemort's slave, then, huh?" And it's like. What the fuck are you guys talking about? In and the then, Harry Potter movies, she's a fucking snake the whole time. Yeah. It's but that that's the thing, like you know, cause JK Rowling's like my thing is like if, if Rowling wrote it for her to be like an Asian person, that's what it should be. It should be based on the original intention of what the author wrote. Same thing with Shira Masamune in the Ghost in the Shell movie. You yeah. know, Shira Masamune was like, it doesn't matter what the fuck Motoko looks like because 
she could be Japanese, she could look white, she could look Hispanic. Like it doesn't matter. It's a fucking body. She's a she's a, an android. They literally could have made that movie, the Ghost in Shell movie, and used four different actresses yeah. throughout the movie. You know, and she's I, just changing think, bodies because in the in the anime she does change bodies. And Her I think changes. if they make a sequel, they should do that and have Scarlett Johansson come back. But then have a girl like her change like bodies she gets damaged in and out, and they have to change her to a new body, and then maybe even change back at the end, and people will be like, "Oh well, what are you going to bitch about now? We used uh, Scarlett Johansson, we used uh, we used Naomi Watts, we used uh, uh, fucking uh, Naomi Harris, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, Naomi Harris. We used fucking um, uh, Zoe Saldana. We used, uh, you know, it's like, what are you going to bitch about now? Yeah, we used, uh, we used Lucy Liu. Yeah, we used Lucy Liu in this bitch. Uma Thurman. We then went back to ScarJo. You're going to bitch about Motoko can be any fucking woman she wants to yeah. be because she's a fucking cyborg. <laughs> Use fucking Naomi from fucking, uh, WWE. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Feel the glow, bitches. Feel the glow. <laughs> right. Um, but but I think like when it comes to like the Beetlejuice movie, some one of the things that people complained about was that like, okay, so this movie's called Beetlejuice. He doesn't even show up till like halfway through the movie, and he doesn't really have a lot of shit to do till like the very, very end. He's in seventeen half and a half minutes of the movie. Yeah. And go so you actually looked it up, okay? Because I wasn't sure if you had like the actual running time of how yeah. long he's, he's on in screen. Seventeen minutes and a half. But every yeah. one of those minutes and seconds Steals it. Steals, Steals the show. everything. Yeah. But the thing about something like Beetlejuice is that if you, if he was throughout most of the movie, you'd almost feel kind of burnt out. It's better that he's used sparingly. Well, the, the new Spawn that Todd McFarlane's doing that's supposed to be coming out in a little while, uh, there's going to be hardly no Spawn in it. Because when he wrote it, it was supposed to be something that worked in the shadows. Yeah. Like uh, the crow. The crow's not a fighter. He's a guy that plays mind games. Spawn was a lot of the same ways. Mm-hmm. He was a mental warrior. I mean, he was supposed to be a general because he was a strategist, not a straight up jump into a fucking, you know, ballroom full of people and start shooting. It's not Spawn. He's not dumb. Yeah, no, he's a. That's why he's supposed to be leading Hell's army because he's a tactician. Yeah, he's a tactician, and that's what he does. He does it in the shadows. He destroys people. He scares them to death, makes them turn on each other. That's what he does. Right. But if, if say, Beetlejuice was in, like, an hour of this hour-and-a-half runtime, wouldn't it feel like they were overusing him a bit? Well, I, w- I don't think I'd get tired of him, but... I wouldn't, because any more Beetlejuice we can get, the better. But the story-wise, you need to know what's going on with the families for them to actually have to call Beetlejuice. You can't just be like, Hey, you're desperate, you know, cause yeah, you have to be desperate and that's what it's about. Then being desperate because they can't get this family out of their house. Mm-hmm. And then this family is like draining their life energy at the end. And they're going to like permanently like fade away in like the lost souls realm. Yeah. And, uh, Lydia's like, fuck, they're not going to be here anymore. If this, goes through and then she gets Beetlejuice to help. Yeah, because she was like, shit, I don't really want to, but I'm going to have to ask him for help because I, he's the only th- person I can think of that yeah, could do something. Barbara straight up tells us like, don't ever ask for, you know, because she almost says it earlier whenever they come back through the door. She almost says it three times then. Yeah. And she's like, no. <laughs> no. And then, and then there's the, when he starts doing, when he starts doing the stuff where 
uh, he like hits the the two people and like they like bounce up through like the ceiling and shit and yeah, <laughs> he, and he just, kills those fucking he people. kills those fucking people like they're just dead <laughs> and all that kind of stuff and it's like and then because you never see those people again I think they die yeah he probably did kill them for real he almost <laughs> killed the he almost killed the uh, the dad deets too yeah because uh, he dropped him. Uh, when he was like the the snake beetle juice, and he was like the he was like wrapped around the the uh, the railing, you know, and he almost dropped him then, or he dropped him then and almost killed him, you know. So that's why one of the things like Lydia just hated him because he was like she doesn't get along with her dad that much, but she definitely didn't want to see him get killed by yeah. beetle juice, you so know. I want like this dude just going around murdering her whole family. Her family, yeah. It's like she doesn't get along with them, but she doesn't like hate them. Right. She just kind of doesn't really want to deal with them that much. But seeing them die would not be cool because we've already established she's already, you know, she already had to deal with her mother dying, her biological mother dying. So, you know, her dad getting killed by Beetlejuice would not be cool. And he's, she's definitely not cool with the fact of, like, being, you know, married to him. But she's kind of like, I really can't do much about this because I'm kind of stuck. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, I either let the only people that's been nice to me maybe my whole life just fade away into nothingness or you know call beetlejuice up and then figure that shit out later yeah and just be like okay well at least at least the maitlands are safe but now i'm married to beetlejuice and it's like that's why like they keep trying to summon him because that's one of the things in the comments they were like oh so they can just say beetlejuice three times and then all of a sudden all this shit's just magically better no and there's consequences like- to using him yeah, and that's the <laughs> thing, like, because what it is is they're trying to resummon him to get him away from Lydia, because they're 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 back to their regular form now. They're no longer in danger of the seance draining their like livelihood or their yeah. undeadhood, where they're just like permanently undead and they can't interact with the living. And so they're out of that danger, but now they're like, oh shit, now we got to save Lydia because she's about to get married to this fucking dude. And then he's going to be out loose and who knows what the fuck he's going to do. Like Beetle, and then he's like silencing him and stuff. Yeah, and then he'll like, uh, there was like, he like knocks the teeth out on the floor and then he like throws the zipper onto Barbara and then she like unzips herself and says it again. And then he's like, no, (laughs) like you cannot summon me right now. I'm right in the middle of getting out of this shit. But it's like if you're not, and honestly, I don't know if it gets out of it or if it like helps him get stronger because clearly he's been married before. He had a ring in his pocket. Yeah, it just happened to be attached to a, a severed finger. So that might have been a con on its own too. Yeah, like maybe he like drains their life force or something, or kills them, and then yeah, because the wedding ring that he already had was, was attached a, to a finger. So was, apparently, he has been married before. Yeah, and he just killed her or ate her or some shit yeah who knows <laughs> probably did because you i mean because you, you would be like oh you probably ate her it's like yeah i can see that 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 makes seems like it makes sense the fly thing uh that whenever he ate the fly and everything that was a reference back to the fly movie oh which gina davis was in oh and yeah Michael keaton was, was supposed Bloom? to be the fly oh instead of goldblum instead of goldblum oh. and that's why that came back around he was tempting him with a Zagnet. Yeah. <laughs> a Zagnet bar. Yeah, because that was supposed to be Keaton, which Goldblum, I don't think anyone could have done it better than Goldblum. They I remade mean, the fly at one point, and it was just like a big flop. <laughs> I mean, you you can't replace the magic of Goldblum. I don't know why people try these things. No, it's like, I mean. It's like remaking the Scarface thing, and it's like, but 
but they got Diego Luna. I was like, yeah, but fucking Scarface was Al Pacino. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like you, fucking you, Brian De Palma directed it. Unless you're going to get Scorsese to remake it, then you're fucked. Right. Would well, be <laughs> like, you know, like if you were if you're going to if you were in charge of recasting Beetlejuice and you couldn't use Michael Keaton because hey, he wouldn't do it. Oh, who would you get to be like a, a a new Beetlejuice for like a new era of movies? Damn. Who do you think um, would be crazy? Because you would almost automatically think Johnny Depp because of his relationship to Tim Burton. That's not that. Actually, it's not my my first. But choice who would you that, think um, could immediately be Beetlejuice, and it would be like man. same character just played by a different actor? Wow, that's uh, that's tough. That is tough, especially on the spot. Yeah, because I just thought of it. Like, if you were going to recast this. You could probably recast this whole movie with new people if you wanted to. Okay, if I was recasting this movie today, we'll, right we'll go now. back to Beetlejuice in a second. But let's say, let's, let's say we're going to recast uh, Barbara and Adam, the Maitlands. Barbara and Adam. The so Maitlands. you have to okay. go with by Alec Baldwin, yeah, yeah, young Alec Baldwin, and then Gina Davis. Okay, so I would go with. Let's see. Adam could be. It's still tough. Would, would Chris Evans tough. work as as Adam? No, I don't think so. Because he'd be he's probably like, too buff. Enough. Yeah, he's not he's enough not of a nerd. Enough. Yeah, uh, he's too buff. <laughs> he's just way too buff. I think. I think you have to go with somebody like. Um, damn, this 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 is fucking hard. Recasting this movie because I've put no thought into this. Right. Yeah. This is just totally on the spot. I just hit you with this. Okay. What about Jim Parsons? So, I thought Jim Parsons, but it's just, uh, yeah. I, the person that I keep kind of coming back to as Adam is, I keep thinking like Chadwick Boseman could do something like that. Chadwick Boseman, huh? Yeah, I, that'd be interesting. That's that's what I keep going back to in my head. So would the Maitlands just be like black in this version, or would no, like he be black and then like? It doesn't. I mean, would be I'm just trying still. to think of the person that would fit the character. I'm not really thinking about like race like necessarily. It, yeah, Barbara would be like. Um, ooh, Daisy Ridley. Daisy, Daisy Ridley. Ridley could be Barbara. That so I can see have, that. Like, Chadwick Boseman and Daisy Ridley. You know, um, that'd be interesting. So that that would be them. Now the weird family coming in, they'd be more interesting. The deets, like, because the that's deets, like the dad. <clears throat> um, let's say the dad. Uh, you gotta have somebody that's kind of like down to earth. Seems like he doesn't want to bother the dad type. Um, and John Goodman's probably too old now. John Goodman's a little too old, or that would have been great. that would have been perfect to have John Goodman do that. Um, so you can have the dad be like, um, dad be like Denzel. Denzel, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Okay, you can have the dad be Denzel. Uh, you could have who would be uh, Delia Deets. Delia Dietz could be... Because um, you have to have like this kind of like upper class, like sophisticated 
like artist lady. Like she's like the the struggling artist lady that wants to get her work seen. You could do Viola Davis. Viola Davis. Oh, that'd be interesting. And then uh, Denzel and Viola Davis. That would be a really good uh, Deets couple. And yeah. then who would play as Lydia then? Uh, Leisha Wright. Letitia Wright. Yeah, that'd be. <laughs> so you just like so the Deets are just a totally black family. That'd yeah, be yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what I got in my head. I couldn't really think of like because Letitia Wright. Yeah, I that'd really be couldn't think of the white people that could do that. Those characters like today. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure I could if I thought of, but these are the first people I thought of because this is just on the spot. Yeah. And then you know, like, um, Otho. I think you should get Oliver Platt. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 because that was uh, Glenn Shaddix, right? Yeah, it was Glenn Shaddix then, but I think if you did it now, it should be all of it. Oh, that'd be good. Uh, <laughs> or my thought is uh, Galifianakis. Zach Galifianakis should do it. I think he'll overact it. He'd probably he was, do it too much, too crazy. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's my thing with him because I, I think he would overact it because he would try to do some voices to it or something like, like that. Yeah. Oliver Platt would mellow it out. I think it'd be perfect. That would be pretty and good. I could see Oliver that. Oliver Platt still doesn't look that old either. He, he still looks like yeah. Oliver Platt. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that, that'd be interesting. And uh, then, then Beetlejuice, um, uh, my thought for Beetlejuice is Bradley Cooper. Bradley Co- yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Bradley Cooper or maybe Chris Pratt, but I think Bradley maybe. Cooper think, would probably be more insane. Yeah, I think Bradley Cooper. Uh, he could do the insane part, and he can also do the voice. Yeah, we know he's he's good at voices. He's I really had never heard of Brad, uh, Chris Pratt do any voices, so I think Bradley Cooper would be the the guy. The next uh, Michael Keaton in yeah. his acting career. Even hey, Bradley Cooper for Batman, guys. Let's get this Bradley shit going. <laughs> Let's get that shit going. <laughs> or you know, as like our other one is uh, John Hamm for president. John Hamm for president. Our Batman. Our Batman. Yeah, <laughs> John Hamm. You could be Batman or the president, and I think you'd be good. That'd be good for America <laughs> good. either way. Guaranteed, though, John Hamm will be in an MCU film before he's in a DC. So. Probably, because DC's fucking up. They're DC fucking be up. fucking up right now, firing people. <laughs> Y'all don't even have your Superman no more. It's and... like Henry Cavill's like, when am I gonna get another Superman movie? You're not. You're just gonna show up in other people's movies. He's like, no, I quit. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> like, fucking mine's the most like the so second. I'm gonna, most I'm gonna go be Adam movie. Warlock. Y'all have fun. <laughs> yeah, he'd be perfect. I mean, fucking DC would fucking shit themselves if they're like, like Adam oh Warlock's God. just been casted as Henry Cavill. And they're like, motherfucker. Yeah, either that or it's like, uh, you know, now with all this Fox shit going down, it's like Henry Cavill is Wolverine. People are like, holy <laughs> shit. I think he's too tall, though. He's I think too he's tall. too tall. Wolverine well, Hugh Jackman's like 6'2". Six, six, well, yeah, I mean, he was too tall, but he doesn't look too tall on film. Yeah, I Cavill guess so. would look too tall on film, but it doesn't Maybe. really matter. But he's supposed to be a shorter, shorter guy, but not like... Danny DeVito is short like a lot of people are saying. Like, he's not actually that short. He's like a you know shorter, stocky guy. Yeah, I guess how, how big is Logan in the comics? He's like 5'6 or something? 5'6 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. He's like he's just kind of like a sort of a sh- short dude. It's not really any short people that you'd really buy in Hollywood to be like Wolverine, though. That's why they were thinking like, you know, Glenn Danzig back in the day because they're like, yeah, Danzig is like kind of short. Yeah, he's like he's he's short and he's stocky. Kind of looks like Wolverine. Like, he's like, I don't act though. 
I'm a musician, man. What the fuck? Well, you do. You if you want me to do the soundtrack for a Wolverine movie, yeah, I'm down. But I don't act, man. You know. But uh, so what we we have here at the end because this is this is the last comment, right? Um, people, <laughs> Tim Burton. He either people love Tim Burton or they fucking hate this dude. He is like one of the most polarizing directors you're going to like see on comments because some people are like, dude's a genius. He's amazing. And other people are like, he's fucking overrated. He's weird. Why do people like his movies? You don't really see people that are like, eh, Tim Burton. Yeah, he's okay. You either are like a Burton fan or you're just not at all. There isn't a lot of gray area, you know? And since this is basically like, this is the thing that put him on the map. I mean, you know, the Pee Wee Herman movies, like, you know, it, it's good, but it's not Beetlejuice. It's a classic. Yeah, it's still a classic, but, you know, Beetlejuice is like, that's like what put him on the map for real. Why did he go make his epic Edward Scissorhands? Yeah. And then he also, you know, did the, you know, Batman, Batman Returns, reinvigorated Batman and brought it back to mainstream, brought Batman back to the, you know, to Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. But I I found this, this section right here, and I'm like, I don't... I'm like, I'm just going to have to add this because I think I think Steve's going to re- react to this. So I was like, so this is all supposed to signify Tim Burton's genius? Um, yeah, okay. I guess if you do something unique, it will automatically be labeled as genius by a lot of people. Unique? Yes. Interesting? No. Genius? Definitely not. This is the worst Tim Burton film ever, and I am a Tim Burton fan. Having now watched or tried to watch Beetlejuice, I have come to the conclusion Tim Burton is best suited to an art form other than filmmaking. What a flabby, shoddy hash-up of comedy, drama, and horror this is. <laughs> so, and it, it just always gets me because it's like, I think... <laughs> <laughs> Steve over here, he's just kind of like his whole face is red because I don't think he, know, he knows what to do with this. But it's like, but if people are like this, some people were like, this is the worst Tim Burton movie that Burton's ever made. And it's like, really? Beetlejuice? This is a fucking classic. Like, remember back in the day, you know, remember this? When you would remember go. Remember this? Remember this? Uh, when you would go back into like a blockbuster back in the day and you were like, I kind of want something that's like maybe a little scary, a little funny. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of those kind of movies back then. And if you walked by the, you know, alphabetically in blockbuster, you'd walk by the bees and you would just see Beetlejuice. You're like, Oh fuck, let's run Beetlejuice. Yes, that'll work because it's got the scary stuff in it. It's got the funny stuff in it. A little bit of drama in it too, you know, but it's like, I people for some reason I don't know what it is that they just like they just don't understand Tim Burton or they think he's like the weird goth kid who just kind of happened to become a director and they just think that like his style's so weird and it's like this is you know one of those movies that Tim Burton's done that you're like this is definitely a Tim Burton movie but to say that this is the worst movie that he ever did it's like no this is like one of the best movies he ever did this was his second movie so he hit it out of the park with like his second movie for real. And then his next movie was the fucking Batman with, you know, Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. And then his next movie was Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Then his next movie was Batman Returns. Right. And Ed Wood. 
All Mar- great movies. Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks was a fucking great movie. Sleepy Hollow. That's one of my favorites of his is Sleepy Hollow. I love that movie. Planet of the Apes. That's, eh, okay. Big Fish with Ewan McGregor. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah, good Yeah, good movie. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Very Corpse good. Corpse Bride. Corpse Bride, yeah. Sweeney Todd. Yep. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Dark Shadows. Frank oh, and yeah. Weenie. I forgot he did Dark Shadows. That's right. Big Eyes. And now, soon to come, Beetlejuice 2 and Dumbo. Really? So they are really going to do a Beetlejuice 2? Yes. Dumbo's first, though. And then Beetlejuice 2 is coming na- later. Because Tim Burton said he would only do the movie if Michael Keaton would return as Beetlejuice. And Michael Keaton said this is the only sequel that he's even interested in doing uh, in his career. So, wow. So are they going to get Winona back as Lydia? Uh, I don't know if there's any word on what that is. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, there is. Uh, yeah, she would definitely have to be back. Uh, now that I'm looking at it, and then Chloe Grace Moretz uh, was slated to play Lydia's daughter in this. Oh, that'd be really good as Lydia's daughter. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, having Winona Ryder as the old, like the you know, grown version of Lydia with like Chloe Grace Moretz as her daughter. daughter oh, yeah. Fucking take my money now. (laughs) (laughs) Can we pre-order a ticket right now? Can we pre-order this shit? (laughs) It's like, we still need to go see the Venom movie. We'll probably be able to see that maybe in the next couple of weeks because I I will have some off time soon. So, but if they were like, look, Beetlejuice 2 tickets is available. You guys can pre-order them shits. It's like, okay. Fuck Venom, we're seeing this (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Venom and Tom Hardy. No, And by the way, Tim Burton's Critics, Tim Burton is worth $140 million. What the fuck are you worth? Yeah, $14. $14 fucking dollars. (laughs) And he's not anymore, but he was married to a pretty, pretty hot woman for a while. Right. Are you talking about uh, uh, Helena Bonham Carter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but Beetlejuice is a classic. It's one of the greatest, you know black comedies or dark comedies ever mm-hmm. if it's not the most can you think of a dark comedy movie that is better than this oh i thought you were just asking for dark comedy movies that's better than this yeah um not off the top of my head because it's like this is kind of like the king of the, the dark comedy movies right because i would throw some other things into some really good dark comedies like uh like Shaun of the dead and well, that's not really a dark comedy, though. That's it's about just, zombies. That's an Edgar Wright comedy. It's different. Yeah, I guess so. I guess because I think under the zombies, it's like it, it, it dark feels... Dark comedy is like Throw Mama from the Train and uh, what was it? Uh, that one Bruce Willis movie where he had the two dead wives and... Um... Shit, oh, I, I forgot which one you're <laughs> I forget about. the name of that movie. Um, the one with Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is probably the best one. Yeah, I, more than likely, and it's considered one of Tim Burton's classics. So it's like I think for all the all the people that like hate on this movie and didn't understand it, it's like this is like if you if you mention the movie Beetlejuice to most normal uh, people that are not maybe millennials, 
if you mention the like movie Beetlejuice, like what do you think about Beetlejuice? People will be like, oh, the movie's great, man. Yeah, yeah, Michael Keaton was fucking awesome in that movie. You know, people will just like talk about that. But people with the millennial lens, where they look at it through like millennial eyes, they look at this movie and they're like, oh, there's so much like fucked up weird stuff about this movie. It's like really, but it's like. You have to remember this was made back in 1988, so like there was a lot of different shit going on back then. Script writing was different, movie making was different. You could put shit in a movie and it would be considered a lot different now because now we look at something like Beetlejuice and we're like, oh well, he's basically he's a he's one of those guys that would pop up in a Me Too thing because he just kisses Barbara for like you know without getting permission he looks up her skirt and he feels up that girl when he's in the waiting room and all that kind of stuff yeah he's a perv oh he's definitely a pervert for real but he also gets his fucking head shrunk at the end of the movie when he's in the waiting room himself and he came out as gay so it's good (laughs) what beetlejuice came out as gay no i was making a kevin spacey joke oh Uh. right yeah That's the other side of the Me Too movement. That's the that's the Kevin Spacey side of the Me Too movement, which there isn't a whole lot of people on that side. No, but um, should not be uh, <laughs> right. Um. So, all right. Our so, album. do you have the do you have the, the the card game, the end card game? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. what we're gonna do is we're going to name Michael Keaton movies. Oh shit! I don't know that much Michael Keaton movies. I'm probably gonna lose. Uh, And then whoever uh, um, loses has to read the cards in Beetlejuice's voice. Oh Uh, man! Okay. (laughs) Are their best impression of Beetlejuice? Steve's probably looked up more Michael Keaton movies than me, so he's probably gonna win this. But okay, Uh, I don't know. Whenever you do it and you don't have time to think, you sometimes just blank out. So yeah, let's uh, see how this goes. Um, I'll just go ahead and start it. Uh, You can't use Beetlejuice. Okay. Because that'd be obvious. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I'll uh, Batman. Uh, Birdman. Um, you got duplic- duplicity. Yeah, duplicity. Duplicity. Um, uh, no multiplicity. Uh, multiplicity. Uh, Spider Man Homecoming. Um. Shit. Uh, I blinked. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I, I, that was about all I had. If you would have kept going, I would have been done. <laughs> well, the thing is, you can't take too long. You get like three seconds, and then if you and then it's like it, it's uh, okay, because you can sit uh, there for a minute. Sit and there, think. and I could probably think of it all day. But how we play this is supposed to be like, yeah. If you if you, you if go. you go mind dead for like a, like three seconds, three seconds, it's seconds over with. Everyone. Yeah. Okay. So. <clears throat> oh, this is going. Yeah, it's just showtime. <laughs> it's showtime. Okay, Le'Veon, no deal. <laughs> Cardi B stupid. <laughs> Channing gay and dumb. <laughs> Michael Beaton. Michael Beaton. <laughs> Alec Ball Balls. <laughs> Thank you and good night. And remember, it's all.